Conversations with Leaders is a podcast focused on the intersection of business and technology. In this episode, AWS Enterprise strategist Tom Godden discusses eight proven practices for succeeding with a multi-cloud strategy. As an enterprise strategist, I find multi-cloud topics come up in many discussions, rife with confusion, false certainty, and tentativeness. Companies are bombarded with conflicting messaging, telling them to either never adopt a multi-cloud approach or to not miss out because, well, everyone's switching to multi-cloud. To be clear, there are good reasons for either pursuing or avoiding a multi-cloud strategy. This episode focuses on eight proven practices for succeeding with multi-cloud, including when and where multi-cloud makes sense and how AWS is positioned to help customers succeed with their multi-cloud strategies. But first, let's clarify some terminology. Multi-cloud refers to using more than one cloud service provider simultaneously across an organization. Using a software as a service product, such as email or project management software, alongside a cloud service provider does not constitute a peer multi-cloud environment. It's a good strategy and might allow you to leverage multiple clouds, but in the context of what we're discussing here, it's not multi-cloud for public clouds. Practice number one, pursue multi-cloud only to fulfill legitimate business needs. Although we advise AWS customers to fully realize cloud benefits by choosing a primary cloud provider, where the majority of their workloads are on a single cloud service provider, there are valid reasons why a multi-cloud approach might be right for your organization. Situations that might require the complexity of a multi-cloud infrastructure include mergers and acquisitions. A multi-cloud environment can be created during an M&A transaction, where the acquiring company is on one cloud per service provider and the acquired company is on another. <laughs> Welcome to multi-cloud. What comes next is not so easy. The engineer in me wants to say consolidate. Less is more. However, it may not make sense to consolidate immediately. Your overall technology integration strategy and assessment approach should be reflected in this process. Make it part of your M&A playbook. What you move from one provider to another, when you move it, and what you leave alone may vary. But establishing an integration strategy is as important as preventing multiple instances of an ERP running forever from your last M&A. Another business need that may call for multi-cloud infrastructure is the desire to leverage long-term differentiated capabilities of another cloud service provider. The fear on missing out drives some companies to want every bit of cloud. We believe companies are better served by selecting a cloud service provider that can solve the majority of their organization's challenges rather than adopting a more diffuse strategy. An 80-20 strategy is a good way to think about this. Indexing on the 80 and not on the 20 can result in better efficiencies, better talent retention, and more value. While there may be specialized workloads that require certain technology, those situations should be addressed on a case-by-case basis, where the benefits and trade-offs can be considered. Companies may think about the right workload for the right cloud, but make sure that the analysis of what constitutes the right cloud extends beyond considerations for a specific workload. Ask how spreading this workload onto an additional cloud service provider impacts the overall complexity. 
I recommend that you conduct a careful price and performance analysis of each workload on each cloud to make sure the value is enough to justify this. One final business need for multi-cloud may be multi-cloud at the holding company and primary cloud at an operating company or line of business. For private equity organizations or large holding companies with several portfolio companies, it can make sense for each portfolio company to have its own cloud service provider strategy, again, frequently driven by mergers and acquisitions. Focusing more of your spending on a single cloud service provider might let you take advantage of its volume discounts and incentives for reserves instances. But other shortfalls around talent, fragmented workloads, and increased risks are largely bypassed as each organization operates independently. My recommendations? I advise customers to always start with being clear on the why they're considering multi-cloud. Why are you considering it? What benefits do you expect to achieve? What requirements do you have? These are important to establish as they will help guide you through the various trade-offs and decisions that need to be made. It is also important that the whole technology organization understands the why. This will aid and guide developers in the multi-cloud implementation and in future decisions to ensure that the outcome, the why, is delivered. Practice number two for developing a multi-cloud strategy. Be mindful of multi-cloud myths. Myth one, everyone is adopting multi-cloud strategies. Advisory firms and media companies have released mixed findings on to the extent of which companies place their workloads in multiple clouds. Our advice is to do the right thing for your firm and to make decisions based on cost and risk regardless of how prevalent the practice may appear. Myth number two, multi-cloud reduces the risk of vendor lock-in. Some companies cite the fear of lock-in from both contractual and technology perspectives is the primary reason for pursuing multi-cloud strategies. In on-premises environments, companies are driven to large, long-term capital investments, often governed by lengthy, complicated service contracts. These are difficult and costly to reverse decisions for companies and necessitate a strong focus on lowering risk. But the cloud is different. Companies that run the same workload on multiple cloud providers often feel pressure to use the lowest common denominator but they should consider the limitations in doing so. In some cases, they can avoid this problem by running different workloads on different providers. I recommend companies work to fully understand their potential switching costs if they need to exit their existing cloud service provider and the likelihood of that occurring. From there, it is possible to define a best approach to reduce lock-in by evaluating the cost and the likelihood of needing to change a cloud service provider versus the strategic benefits of having a primary provider. It is also important to note that the cloud is inherently more open than the traditional IT model, and we do not believe multi-cloud is necessary to avoid lock-in. Look at how AWS builds services on open source technology and standards, such as SQL, Linux, and containers. Customers have a choice of building on managed open source services, such as Amazon Relational Database Service for MySQL, or Amazon RDS for PostgreSQL, or foundational building blocks. They pay as you go. There is no long-term upfront commitment. We strive to build services that customers want to use, but should a customer choose to move away, AWS makes this as simple as possible. AWS provides multiple migration tools, 
not only to help customers move resources from on-premises to AWS more easily, but also to move them back on-premises or to other clouds if customers choose. On to myth three, multi-cloud improves availability. Reducing the risk of service disruption if a company's primary cloud service provider has an outage is an increasingly rare reason for adopting a multi-cloud strategy. In these cases, there is a belief that the company can simply seamlessly switch its workloads to a secondary cloud service provider. Multi-cloud failover presumes that an application can be failed over to another cloud. As many companies have found, this is extremely challenging. Achieving this requires the company to maintain full portability between two cloud service providers, adding complexity, risk, and additional work with the belief that failover is possible. Distinguished Vice President and Analyst Lydia Leon from Gartner summarizes the problem with multi-cloud failover when she tweeted, Multi-cloud failover is complex and costly to the point of nearly almost always being impractical, and it's not especially effective way to address cloud and resilience risks. You see, the problem is making failover work on all the cloud service providers and accommodating all the differentiators. For example, the different network architectures and features, different storage capabilities, proprietary higher level services, database layers, machine learning services, along with the various different security capabilities. When workloads are spread across cloud service providers, a failure in either cloud service provider could cause an outage. In this case, spreading workloads across cloud service providers actually increases risk. Instead, I recommend that companies mitigate risk by implementing and simplifying. Target a specific workload or application for a single cloud, migrate it, master it, take the costs and risks out, and repeat. Encourage deeper learning of cloud service provider features and capabilities via training for your staff. Take advantage of higher-level cloud service provider offerings and toolings that are already integrated into the operating model. And finally, and maybe most importantly, take advantage of AWS regions and availability zones. AWS's capabilities in this area already provide customers with excellent capabilities to ensure high available and reliable solutions. And finally, myth four, multi-cloud provides better pricing. Price competitiveness might be the weakest argument for all multi-cloud. Organizations' experiences with complicated, expensive software and data center contracts that locked them into multi-year agreements have made them wary of procuring IT services. Traditional procurement approaches have not adapted to the pay-as-you-go purchasing, volume discounts, or the reality of price competition in the cloud. The biggest single driver for cost reduction for organizations remains how well-managed and optimized a company's cloud environment is. A company may see better cost optimization by working primarily with a provider whose services offer price performance advantages, such as compute instances based on custom-designed chips like AWS Graviton, one that might have superior cloud financial management solutions. According to a 2021 Hackett study group of more than 1,000 organizations, infrastructure spending as a percentage of total IT spend was 20% lower for AWS customers than for multi-cloud organizations. 
Our experience has shown that companies do not anticipate the added cost and complexity of operating in multi-clouds, nor do they appropriately weigh it against the perceived gain in a head-to-head sourcing engagement. Practice number three, have a clear strategy and governance to support it. Just deciding to pursue a multi-cloud strategy is insufficient. You must also establish a strategy for delivering on your multi-cloud objectives, including clear governance for which workloads will go where and why. Evaluation criteria should be used to optimize workloads and their dependencies. If left up to individuals, the uncoordinated sprawl across cloud service providers will likely erode any value the multi-cloud strategy sought to achieve. Evaluate your cloud service provider's workload's performance regularly and use your assessment as a key input to cloud service provider selection, criteria, and future usage. It is crucial to have a comprehensive visibility into the total number of services, applications, and components used across the enterprise as part of an overall governance strategy. Integral to this is a robust tagging strategy that spans cloud service providers and establishes clear ownership, usage, and environment, for example, quality assurance, stage, production, for 100% of your deployed resources. Everything should be tagged to an owner. If it's not tagged or an owner cannot be identified, it should be removed. This codifies governance rules and automates enforcement instead of creating blocks to progress. We want guardrails, not toll gates. Cost, operations, and security must be tracked, monitored, and acted upon in the same manner with the same depth of data and transparency across all cloud service providers. A single tool for a given need that can operate across cloud service providers is preferred. My recommendations? Establish centralized management and oversight of your multi-cloud environment. Develop a clear set of criteria for selecting which workloads goes on to which cloud service provider. Create a detailed map of the services and workloads you plan to deploy to each cloud service provider. And then define clear change management processes to ensure that updates, patches, and changes are consistently applied across your cloud service providers and continuously review and optimize these policies. Practice number four, do not spread contiguous workloads across cloud service providers. In my view, workloads spanning multiple cloud service providers introduce needless complexity, risk, and cost while complicating the support, development, and architecture with little value added. Contiguous workloads often involve large volumes of data that need to be processed and analyzed together. When the data is distributed across multiple cloud service providers, it can create challenges in the data movement, synchronization, and in maintaining consistency. Additionally, managing a contiguous workload across multiple cloud service providers can be complex and time-consuming. It requires dealing with different APIs, different management interfaces, different security models, and different operational processes for each cloud service provider. This complexity increases the chance for errors, increases the operational overhead, and can hinder agility and scalability. Specific criteria and guiding principles should be established when evaluating this type of design and business need. Practice number five, applications should remain with their transactional data. Care should be taken when developers need to move large volumes of data between applications and different clouds, 
especially with compute or applications deployed in one cloud service provider and data storage in another. Such a situation can add complexity and latency that may offset perceived benefits. The decision criteria for determining a cloud service provider for a workload should include a long-term view of integrating that workload with other workloads. Will the data be needed for advanced analytics or machine learning beyond its current scope? Will the services provided be consumed broadly across other cloud service providers, or is it isolated to the workloads within that cloud service provider? For more guidance in a decision model for deployment considerations, check out my colleague Gerga Hope's Multi-Cloud from Buzzword to Decision blog. A link will be included in the show notes of this episode. My recommendation? Simplify, co-locate, and minimize data transfer. Consider whether applications will be consumed broadly or can they be isolated to a specific cloud service provider. Deploy applications with their transactional data, especially for high-performance, high-volume applications. Implement a caching mechanism at different layers to help with latency. Continuously monitor data access patterns for their latency and for performance. And establish data classification, handling, and retention of policies, and apply them consistently across all cloud service providers. But what about data lakes? For data lakes, I recommend that you keep your data lake as close to the transactional data as possible. And know that sometimes multiple data lakes can be more effective than that one data lake that's causing us to move data across multiple cloud service providers just to put it in a single location. And also, know that specialized data lakes can add differentiated value, like Amazon Health Lake, AWS Supply Chain, Amazon Security Lake, and AWS Cleanrooms. Practice six, containers can help, but realize they do not solve for every use case. Using containers is generally a good idea for any modern application, and they will help with many elements of portability. Containers are platform agnostic, meaning they can run on any cloud platform or infrastructure that supports containerization. This allows you to develop and package your applications once and deploy it consistently across multiple cloud service providers or on-premises environments without significant modifications. But be cautious, as containers do not work in all use cases, for example, in large monolithic applications, nor do they solve for all the issues, especially when it comes to data, policies, and security around portability between cloud service providers. My recommendation, use containers, but have a plan for everything else, for the policies, for the data, the network, the governance, the tools, all of those other differentiators you need to have a plan for. Practice seven, have a single cloud center of excellence or CCOE as it's sometimes called, but specialize within for each cloud service provider. As we advise many AWS customers, you should leverage a CCOE within your organization to provide leadership, standardization, and acceleration of your cloud journey. When it comes to multi-cloud, we find the most successful companies have a single CCOE, but specialize within that CCOE around the skills, tools, and mechanisms particular to a specific cloud service provider. We find that when AWS customers have multiple CCOEs for each cloud service provider, it often leads to divergence, re-engineering, 
and waste instead of a more coordinated approach through a single CCOE. So my recommendation, have a single CCOE. Specialize within that CCOE around the skills, tools, and mechanisms. Develop a consistent governance framework that spans all cloud service providers and stay informed about each cloud service provider's offerings and updates. And finally, practice eight. Make sure security is always a top priority. Multi-cloud makes security harder by increasing the risks of unauthorized access or data breach. Multi-cloud forces companies to deal with multiple security models across cloud service providers in areas such as identity management, network security, asset management, and audit logging. This complexity makes transparency harder and increases the burden on security teams, thus elevating the risk. Although they are not unique to multi-cloud, several core security practices become more important. Shifting security left by automating and embedding it into delivery pipelines, cloud environments, and team priorities should be something that you are doing. You should also look to encrypt all of your data at rest and transit within or even between cloud service providers. One useful approach to multi-cloud adoption is creating a single destination for security data, that single pane of glass that will give you a view across your entire landscape. Augment this with cloud-native tools developed by every cloud service provider to present this data so it makes sense within that environment. My recommendation, again, shift security left by automating and embedding it into delivery pipelines, cloud environments, and team priorities. Strive for that single pane of glass and augment that with specific tools. Develop and enforce consistent security policies and practices that apply across all cloud providers. And use centralized IAM tools to manage identities across multiple cloud service providers. For most organizations... A primary cloud strategy provides the most value through simplicity, focus, and risk mitigation, while allowing companies to deepen their partnership and working knowledge of their primary cloud service provider and their services. This increases an organization's ability to take advantage of more sophisticated services and to better attract and retain talent while delivering value faster. A multi-cloud approach can make sense. But companies should ensure their decision to adopt such an approach is driven by business needs and made with a clear understanding of the trade-offs involved. In such cases, we recommend a cloud model focused on application and business workflows that 1. can be delivered from a single cloud service provider, 2. are unlikely to share data across cloud service providers, and 3. have clear governance for which workloads go where. To learn more about the AWS services that can help centralize and simplify management and monitoring of hybrid multi-cloud environments that can provide access to all your data wherever it's stored and help you run applications on AWS, on-premises, and on other clouds with AWS container services, check out the AWS solutions for hybrid and multi-cloud linked in the show notes. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Conversations with Leaders, brought to you by AWS Executive Insights. If you enjoyed this episode, please help us spread the word and subscribe, share, rate, and review. Visit aws.amazon.com executiveinsights for more on these topics.